I'm Roger Miller, and this is Collective Mass Radio. Hello and welcome to Collective Mass Radio number 15. Sorry, it's been such a long time since my last uh, podcast, but I've uh, been really busy on NodeSpace, which is coming along. We just submitted to the uh, Amazon App Store and the iOS App Store, so we're just waiting for approval. Had my first couple of days off in a very long time, and I thought I'd uh, try and get some of these podcasts that have been in the hamper app for you guys. So today, we're going to be listening to the guys from the Unity Build System. The technology has been out to the public since Unite, um, and I've been using it extensively during our project. One of the greatest things about it is it allows you to make builds based on your commit. So it plugs in directly to your source repository. I'm using Git at the moment, and it plugged in seamlessly to Git. You then go and configure your setup for either iOS or Android. They have included recently some advanced build settings, so you can add in uh, compiler scripting directives, and that allows you to separate out certain pieces of code, such uh, if you're building an Android app and you're directing it at Amazon, you can have a compiler directive in there that then strips out some code and lets another code. Uh, nonetheless, go check it out. I think it's uh, build.cloud.unity3d.com. It's still in beta, I believe, and uh, they will be rolling it out soon. The guys have been really good with updates and the support has been really good. One of the things that I find it most useful for is when I'm building for Android or iOS, I can, you know, in a couple of hours after it's finished the build and sent me the notification, check it out on the alternative platform that I'm not debbing on uh, to try and catch errors as soon as possible. Some other notes that um, I have compiled while working. One of the things that is extremely useful talking about build systems and build settings uh, is we all know that the, the switch over time from platform iOS to Android and back is really long. But that is specifically uh, because of the texture compression settings. Now, what I found out is I make multiple builds for um, Android deployments based on their uh, texture type. And if you set your Android texture type to PVRTC uh, while in development, you can switch pretty painlessly back between iOS and Android. A couple of seconds, and then you're back into the alternative platform. And that's specifically because iOS uses PVRTC texture compression, um, and so it doesn't need to recompile everything. Of course, um, when you make your deployments and you make your multiple builds, or you're gonna set it to ETC1 for the default fallback, it's gonna be, it's gonna take some time to change. But while deving, it is extremely useful. Another thing that came up was JSON.NET. I'm not sure if I've talked about this or not yet, but it is still uh, the best JSON parser that I've found, the semi-intelligent ones, besides the, the mini JSONs that you find everywhere. The great advantage of JSON.NET over JSON.FX is that it strips down to bytecode painlessly. So it can reduce the size of your binary quite uh, substantially. So if you want to save an extra 50 megs of runtime memory and um, disk space, use uh, JSON.NET if, if all the other code can strip down to bytecode easily. And another small thing that I found out, NodeSpaces uses a lot of communication back and forwards between uh, web servers to do specific things. Um, they're highly secure, so I use encryption. I use the AES encryption standard. 
and talk to a PHP backend. Now, this is usually being quite difficult. Like it's the PHP stuff seems notoriously hard to communicate back and forth with. And I actually got to the bottom of this. This is specifically because of the padding. So first off, make sure that your settings are the same on both platforms. Um, if you're using the .NET cryptographic services, make sure that you set the right bitrate for your encryption and whatever other uh, padding standards. And then I found out that the biggest problem is that by default, the AES.NET encryption implementation uses, um, I believe, zeros as their padding method and PHP uses nulls. So just make sure that that's where you set your differences. It's not that it doesn't uh, encrypt properly. It's just that the padding data when it comes back is different. So just check that out. Make sure that the padding method on your PHP is using, I believe, zeros. And um, all is fine. Goes through and comes back. Without further ado, and enough of my rambling, let's listen to the guys from Unity talking about their cloud build system. Well, hello and welcome to Collective Mass Radio. Uh, on the line today, I've got the guys from uh, the Unity Cloud Build. Uh, they're down in Austin. Um, and if I can just ask them to introduce themselves to you. Hey, this is Patrick Curry. I'm a director on the Unity Cloud Build team here in Austin. And I'm Nathan Hanners. I'm the product manager for Unity Cloud Build. Well, excellent. Um, welcome and thank you so much for this amazing service. I mean, I'm using it myself and I, I, I love it. It's, a, it's awesome to be able to commit in the evening and wake up in the morning and there's these two mails that say, hey, new Android, new iOS build already out without any pain. Um, so let's talk about the history. How did you guys come to this point where Unity acquired you and um, your build tool is now part of their offering? Well, first off, that's that's great to hear. We're so glad that you like the service, and 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 we like it ourselves. We we started as as users uh, of the service. We we had a, a game company uh, here in Austin creating mobile games for iOS and Android, and um, you know we we had come from a traditional console game background, and so we knew about some advanced development techniques and continuous integration and things like that. And when we first got started with Unity. You know, we fell in love with the editor and, and the magic it provides for cross-platform development. Right. Um, but but we wanted to speed it up. You know, we found ourselves spending time making builds, and that that's a distraction, and that that eats up valuable engineering time and iteration time. And so, you know, pretty early on, we started uh, making little tools for ourselves to speed up the process. And fast forward a couple of years later, the tools got got pretty robust. Um, you know, we had shipped a few games, and um, our friends started asking us if they could use the tools. We're like, oh. Well, like you want us to work on this game with you? And they're like, no, no, no. We we just want to use these tools for our own. <laughs> and you know, uh, we heard that a couple times and took a little arm twist and we said, you know, let, let's really focus on that. And so, uh, so we refocused the company on on productizing those tools. And uh, you know, since we had already been working with Unity, we approached them um, about doing something together. And they said, hey, you know, we're actually really looking for more cloud services. Uh, would you be interested in teaming up? And, and you know that that led to the acquisition and and now the launch of the product. Excellent. Um, having been in the the game dev industry myself, I mean, we did exactly that. We built our own um, uh, build server, um, but kind of um, I, I abandoned it after I left that particular company just because it took so much time. When we first started, we had all kind of custom tech, and it was all you know. 
a whole bunch of shell scripts that would launch other shell scripts and then having to make sure that you had the right provisioning files, merging manifest files, and all of that kind of stuff became a nightmare. We found that uh, for a single product company, like a single game company, that um, making these builds, uh, well, making the build server was such a big overhead. Um, did you guys have a lot of back-end uh, people working for you on your game to kind of um, make that a lot easier? We did. Um, you know, I had worked um, with a few of the guys at our game company at, at previous internet-based companies, and we'd always sort of been looking for ways to work together again. And so when we got serious about making this a uh, product uh, product and you know, specific service making builds, um, you know, really relied on, on their expertise on uh, back-end servers and, you know, cloud development uh, to pull this off. And we'd always been sort of automation geeks and, and teaming right. up with uh, our friends from the Internet world, you know, let us turn that into a service that, that could, you know, scale and then also handle all, all of the edge cases. And, and in the beta, we, we keep learning about new edge cases and new little surprises and gotchas of like, oh, we have to handle this file. And, you right. know, what if, uh, what if the data we're looking for is all uppercase because something <laughs> changed, uh, you know, on one of the platforms that we didn't know about. Right. You know, we're finding little things like that, but the cool thing is that as we find them and fix them, we get to fix them for for the whole community of of Unity developers, and that's just one less thing that that they have to worry about. Right. Well, I mean, coming from Unite, where I first heard about this, it was the one thing that unanimously everybody said that they were most excited about. So you guys really took the show by storm, um, and. Um, well, along with that, everyone was asking, well, what what platforms does it support? So what, what platforms does it support? Right now we're supporting um, iOS and Android and the web player. Right. Um, and we started with those because that's, you know, when we, had, when we were working on games, those are the areas that were the most painful because you have to manage all these different devices. You know, you don't have like an Xbox dev kit or something you can just do your testing on and be done. Right. You've got to try all these different devices, and you're sending things out to testers who are maybe, you know, located elsewhere, and they're testing it on their old iPhone or their new iPhone or their Android or whatever. So it, it those, the, we associated those that those platforms with the most pain. Like every, as soon as you're done using Unity, that's where the pain starts. You know? Right. So we, we started there, um, and we wanted to get those platforms right you know and so that's what we're focusing on in the beta is making sure that you know we're collecting input and, and feedback from the people in the beta so that we can really get that tightened up um and then based on what we learned there we'll be able to extend it to other platforms in the future and hopefully eventually reach parity with you know the editor and all the awesome stuff it can do right um, are you guys uh, looking at kind of releasing uh, almost like API call plugins for your service? Um, for instance, uh, build numbers, right? Um, having, uh, because your service does all the builds, having the build number system automated by plugging into your system to find out like what iteration this is. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. So what, what we want to do is take an approach of that, you know, uh, Unity developers are, are really smart folks. And what we want to do is expose those largely through, through script calls that you can put into your project um, so that in your project you can find out the build number, uh, you can uh, have API callbacks to get data out of the service, um, things like that. We're, we're starting there. Um, those were the types of requests that, that came in just very consistently at Unite. 
you know, and no surprise, right? It's a community of really smart, motivated people who right. are used to finding creative solutions to these these problems. Right. Um, and then from from there, you know, we're just going to keep adding, you know, more and more features that that let you do multi-platform development. You know, um, we've had a lot of requests around. There's lots of flavors of Android, and so being able to support, you know, uh, custom compiler defines, um, custom right. library includes things like that. Um, as people make, you know, different branches or, uh, you know, configurations of their projects. Right. Yeah, it certainly would be helpful for making builds for uh, Amazon versus uh, Google Play stores. Um, uh, along with that line, I mean, before I get ahead of myself, what um, what repository platforms do you support? I know that you guys support GitHub, and I love it because I just plugged it in and off it went. Um, are there other specific platforms that you support as far as repositories? Yeah. Yeah, right now we're supporting uh, Git, SVN, and Perforce. And actually, you know, you can run your own Git server, your own SVN server. Most people who are running Perforce are running their own Perforce server. But, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be GitHub or Bitbucket. It can be pretty much any uh, Git server we should be able to connect to. And um, that's another one of the things. You know, we started with, started with those three, similar to the platform, you know, situation where we wanted to make sure to have a manageable uh, set of technologies for the repo host to get right and fine tune, um, and actually that was one of the most rewarding things because we really worked hard on trying to get make it easy for people to, to onboard with Git or SVN and because right. um, you know the cool thing about the service is that once you connect, you're done. Like you're unless something goes wrong on your server, the your you know once we have access, you don't have to worry about that piece anymore. Right. So we worked pretty hard to get that onboarding as uh, smooth as we could, and we're still trying to bang away at it and make it even slicker um, so that people don't have too many problems connecting and can just start building as quickly as possible. Right. Well, I know for me, it was completely flawless. Like I just plugged it in and off I went. And then there was a little email in my inbox that said I had a build and I was really happy. It actually came at a very opportune time because, um, you know, I've been having a, a few strange hassles with TestFlight and TestFlight then being bought by Apple, not supporting Android, kind of destroyed my whole future pipeline that I was wanting to distribute with them just for the local testing. Um, is, did you guys have that in mind? Like, did you guys know that people used a lot of TestFlight and then um, decided to release at this particular time when TestFlight no longer supported Android? No, that, that was just a coincidence. Um, you know, we'd been using the service internally for, for making builds and distributing them with ourselves. And, um, and, uh, when, when we heard that, that, uh, test flight had been acquired and, and was just going to be focusing on iOS, we thought like, Oh, well, Hey, that that's convenient. And you know, that that's a great feature for us to be able to provide to the unity community, um, uh, being able to distribute their, their Android builds as well. Absolutely. And, um, so, um, along with, uh, with plugging into different repos, um, I see that the Unity, um, I think, asset server is not supported. Um, uh, is there a reason? I was thinking if you're kind of Unity-focused, then you guys would be including Unity technologies. Yes, we, we definitely are uh, Unity-focused, as you say now. Um, you know, we, we built those initial platforms because that, that's what we internally needed when we were making our games and working with different clients. Um, Unity Asset Server is really interesting to us, and something that we're looking at um, in the future and trying to make plans for you know matching up with the the Unity roadmap. 
Right, right. I'm I'm gathering from that that uh, the guys at Unity might be uh, working on their asset server a bit because I know uh, a lot of people haven't been um, that ecstatic with the service, and most people have switched to other things. Um, it, is that going to be a change that you can talk about, or it, I, I don't want to fish? I just want to know if you guys were were working in that direction. Yeah, I don't think we can talk about our future plans there um, right now. Um, you know, we we're working with guys who who like the asset server and they really like the tight editor integration right um and so you know we're trying to find ways to to onboard them and support them in the best ways we can um you know okay. we really look at the the unity uh ecosystem and, and family of developers is is cohesive and you know we're not we're not being uh, exclusionary on purpose okay no worries um well, then, let's talk about unit testing. I mean, along with automated builds is automated unit testing. Uh, do you guys have a specific... Um, you guys have that in your roadmap going forward, or do you just allow the guys who build the products to just integrate whatever unit testing solution they want? Yeah, unit testing is something we're, we're exciting, excited about uh, for a couple of reasons. One is we're, we're just geeks, and you know we like <laughs> to see best practices be uh, taken up by, by game developers. Right. Uh, um, and you know, what we're looking at is supporting um, d- different frameworks. You know, Unity has come out with some of their own uh, test suite tools. Right. So we're looking at ways to expose not just them, but but more scripting functionality in the editor uh, in the cloud build process. So that if you have, you know, your own test harness, you you, you could call that. Um, you know, I can't talk to specific features because it's not all done and implemented yet. But right. Um, you know, we want to make make it as valuable of a service as possible and. And we know that getting code to compile is really only half the battle. And, and the, the further we can get you along the way and, and let you know that, hey, that not just did this, did this build compile, but it also, you know, pass our tests and it works, um, then that makes the service more valuable. And, and that's definitely something uh, we geek out on and, and want to put in the service. Absolutely. No, that's it, it's awesome. It's going to be good to see a bit more of a standardized uh, unit testing platform if possible. Um, um, that leads me to another question. Unity, it seemed like last year was focused on making sure that their editor and everything that they were um, kind of like creating was super top-notch, AAA-ready, all that kind of stuff. And then the more I spoke to people at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, Unity said, okay, we've got this this great plat- uh, this great tool for people to make games. Now we want to make services. So you'd have you know the whole Unity cloud where you can... Uh, do the advertising, looking at you know a whole bunch of other pieces in there, as well as now the cloud build server. Um, do you know uh, if you guys are going to be pushing that boundary even f- further to kind of testing on devices? Um, I just because I know unit testing gets you so far, uh, but then at some point, specifically with Android devices, you kind of need some monkeys pushing buttons and stuff. Um, I'm not sure about that specific area, but the way I like to think about it, th- this is an area that I get really enthusiastic about because um so let's say you know once we have the whole world using unity cloud build right we've saved maybe hundreds of thousands of hours of of tedious labor where people were doing build management and you know just trying to get stuff on our devices and manage share links and all that stuff let's say we've removed that pain now right um hopefully what that results in is more projects being finished because their efficiency is just so much better now with, with uh the full development cycle of, of working in Unity, so that we basically, you know, through Cloud Build, we're extending the development cycle beyond what happens, you know, after you make your builds, which I think is super interesting. 
And hopefully right. the, the follow-on effect of that is that people finish games more and also have time to do things. You know, maybe they're not writing unit tests now because they just don't have time for it. And maybe once we save them the, you know, all the effort with dealing with, you know, build management and all that stuff, they'll be able to start writing. They'll be, be have the time to actually the luxury of writing unit tests or the luxury of, you know, starting to think about uh, other services sooner in their development right. cycle. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, all sorts of cool things become possible if you make it easier for your customers to finish their their project. Right. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds awesome. Um I mean, it, it, it certainly, I can't say this enough, certainly has kind of changed my development and I, I'm really happy with that. Um, but um, uh, uh, along with uh, with getting a build compiled, you now have the link. Can we talk about how you distribute this link to multiple testers? Sure. So right now we're, we're approaching it kind of from two extremes. Um, you can invite collaborators to a project. And, and those are people that we see as your, your teammates, right? Those are probably people who you also give access to your source control repo. Um, right. They're going to receive build notifications as builds happen. Um, they'll be able to install the build on their devices, and they'll be able to kind of, you know, see the history along with you. Um, the other end of the spectrum is a, a totally anonymous share link. So you can pick a specific build. You can say, hey, I want Android build number 42, and you can generate an anonymous share link um, and then send that to anyone. You can send that... Uh, to a client, to a publisher, you can send it to your grandma, right? And, and they can then install that that build on their device without having to log in or anything like that. Um, and then, if you want, you can then revoke that link. If you don't want grandma to install build number forty-two anymore, you can revoke that link and then send her a, a link to build fifty-six. Right. Um, uh, is this still? I mean, like say for iOS, you, it's still provision based, right? So if I have a development certificate in there, I still have to make sure that the device to which I am sending this link has the uh, appropriate um, provisioning profile on, correct? That's correct. For iOS, okay. you, you still have to provision devices based on their UDIDs. Okay. No, just checking. Uh, yep. That, that's, that's still how it works. We're, we're excited about iOS 8. You know, we're looking forward to seeing how we can work with that. But, but for now, we're still provision profile based. Right. Um, so, so those are the two ways you can share. You can invite collaborators or you can create a share link. Um, but we're hearing from users that, that we need some some roles in the middle, maybe some some tester focused roles that maybe can only install but not not see all the nitty grit. Um, and that's really where the user feedback from the beta is coming in, um, and it's super handy. You know, people are saying, "Hey, I want to be able to do this, but not that," and only in these cases. And you know, then Nate takes that into the lab and figures figures out how to work. <laughs> Um, well, let's talk about testing because, I mean, obviously, um, automated build services are, are perfect for testers. And so, you know, now I've got my build system all automated. I can get my testers links. Are you guys looking at extending the functionality by uh, allowing testers to leave feedback um, or maybe even start doing bug tracking within the uh, the builds? Yeah, we, 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 we're thinking about that kind of stuff all the time, right? Because uh, creating a, a really useful feedback loop between, you know, the devices that are, I say that the apps that are out in the wild being tested on played by friends or, you know, maybe a more formal QA team, um, making that feedback loop so that you can complete the iteration cycle. We want to make that as complete as possible, right? That's what, ideally, that's what continuous integration and, and rapid development is all about. So, right. yeah, we, we love those kind of ideas. 
Okay. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that certainly would be awesome. As you said, now that you've taken care of this specific part, so much opens up from a pipeline process. Um, uh, along with that, I mean, if people are building bigger and bigger projects and now all of the compiling is done on the web, they have to pull down the bigger and bigger projects. So let's say I make, you know, I've got this huge game and I put it up and then my build is a gig and I have to download it all the time. Um, are there any, uh, like, what, what are the thoughts about having uh, this particular service being able to be installed on a local server? Uh, great question. Um you know, local installs aren't aren't something we're supporting right now. Um, it's an interesting idea, um, but but not not immediately on the roadmap. Um, I can probably best describe the stack for Cloud Build as complex and inclusive. <laughs> right, gotcha. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, but you know, the Unity has a really big ecosystem, and there's all sorts of use cases that um, that they were interested in hearing more about. And so, I would just encourage anyone that, that has questions about, you know, their extreme use case, uh, just to reach out, you know, send us an email or send us a, a message on, on, on the support forum uh, or the Unity forum. Um, we're really active there. Um, and that's one of the great things about being at Unite is we got to talk to so many people face-to-face and hear about their use case and the crazy extreme way they've uh, <laughs> wired up Unity to work. And, right. and that's one of the best parts about Unity is it's so extensible um, and so scriptable. And so, you know, like I said before, we're not trying to exclude anybody there. We just haven't come across everyone's use case yet. Right. Um, so far in the use cases, what is what are some of the wildest use cases that you've encountered? Oh, uh, one of the more extreme ones was a, a project that was using two different types of source control for different types of assets. <laughs> um, you know, that's not something we support yet, but right. but it's an interesting idea. You know. Different source control systems have their strengths and weaknesses, and so okay, yeah, that that's an interesting way to go about it. Yeah, uh, I've never heard about that, but it yeah certainly is something interesting. I never thought about it. Uh, and then also just you know very large projects. You know, um, you know some teams keep keep lots and lots of raw source assets in in their same repos, their their Unity project, and so you know we can think about okay well you know how can we build this but only download the files that we really need at compile time and, and exclude others right um you know I, I think uh you know most game teams basically grow and the projects grow until everything breaks right and so as we expand to more teams and more platforms you know we we start to see see where those breakages happen and then be able to say hey you know what we, we ran into this problem, too, and we solved it in this unique way, and maybe that's not right for your team, but here's some ideas. Um, I was just asking about uh, source control systems, and which one, seeing that you guys come from both a game development background and now this automation system background, uh, which one do you guys best recommend? And let's say, let's break it up into team size, single developer, small indie studio, and then like a bigger mobile studio. You know, I think it's so different for people based on, you know, what computer OS they're using and, you know, how big their team is and, you know, what their last project was built with and they just don't want to migrate to something new. So that, that's, we picked, you know, the three that we were most familiar with that seemed like, you know, a lot of people we knew were using. But, um, you know, we certainly don't intend to, to limit ourselves to just, you know, get SDN and Perforce. Um, and actually to that, to, in that, Spirit, we're actually encouraging people to, even if you're using, you know, some other source control system right now, it's not one of the ones we support, 
Um, we're actually encouraging people just to sign up and you know maybe just build an example project and just familiarize themselves with the service just so that we can, and then also send us you know a note saying like hey this looks interesting you know I would use it if maybe it had this feature and it was with this other source control system but um, unless you reach out to us it's or leave us you know a note in the unity forums or something it's difficult for us to know um, you know who might be left out so we're definitely encouraging people to just to kind of jump in and give it a shot um, that's why it's in free beta right now right right yeah I'd, I'd add on to that that um you know, any source control is, is better than no source control. <laughs> right. I, I remember going to GDC, uh, one of my first GDCs, and I went to the software engineering roundtable and, and, and uh, you know, heard these wizards of the industry talking about uh, source control and continuous integration and unit tests. And that, that really made an impression on, on me. And, you know, it, it just kind of became part of my workflow and, and uh, you know, daily mantra. And, um, you know, hopefully that, uh, you know, CloudBoat can be a reason to get more Unity teams into source control and hobbyists trying it out for the first time. And I know it saved my bacon, bacon a million times. Yeah, likewise. And being able to, to, to roll back. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. The amount of times where you're just like, oh, no, I'm completely dead in the water. And then you're able to pull out a commit somewhere and recompile and you're like, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yes, it's, a, it's a religious experience. It, it, it totally is. There's that moment at three o'clock in the morning where you figure it out, and it's like there yeah. literally is a ray of light shining down on heaven. Um, so, um, what are the the, the top requested um, uh, source control systems that you don't currently have? Is Mercurial up there? Um, I'm sure Asset Server must be there as well. Yeah, yeah. We've we've, we've had people ask about both Mercurial um, and the Unity Asset Server. Um, and then also just different configurations, different different methods of logging in, or different cloud hosts. You know, there's there's new hosting services um, for different types of source control popping up, and we're trying to support um, as many of those as we can. Right, right. Um, and you guys currently support Beanstalk as a uh, source control service. Yeah, I think so. If you're using SVN or uh, I think Beanstalk supports Git now too, so either of those right. should work. Okay, perfect. Um, so moving on for general guidelines right now, um, since I'm using your beta and I love it, I haven't encountered any problems, but is there anything specific that you'd say uh, for the people using the beta that they should watch out for if they just want uh, smooth sailing? Um, I can't think of any gotchas. I know, you know, if uh, some of the features that we don't have yet but we know people want are things like, um, you know, Xcode frameworks being added manually after the Unity after Unity builds right. or uh, pre and post build processing, being able to do some of that in Unity Cloud Build and not, you know, uh, in your project itself. Um, we are we know we know people want those, and, and we're, we're, that's definitely on our roadmap. So um, it might be better if, if for your first experience if you have a simpler project lying around to start with that. But by all means, like feel free to throw whatever you have at the system because that's sort of how we learn where the problems are and also what people are missing the most. Right. Yeah. And I'd say just keeping your repo as, as tidy as possible. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the fewer miscellaneous files that aren't being used anymore, they're in the repo. Um, you know, the faster your source control is going to get downloaded, the faster it's going to compile. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that just speeds up the whole thing. And then there's a few ways, you know, to do that, like not keeping source assets in the same directory as, uh, as where assets and project settings live, right. uh, you know that that's that's a good tip. 
Right. Um, and something else we've seen is some teams for that are using Git will have one Git repo for source assets, right? They're raw, Max, Maya, and Photoshop files. And then they have another repo that they try to keep as lean as possible with, uh, you know, FBXs and PNGs, you know, streamlined for, for building. So right. it, that's a pretty solid win um, that, that we've seen some, some larger teams get, get mileage with. That's really interesting. Excellent. Um, and now comes the magic question is when do you guys consider releasing and do you have any handle on the price point? So we've, uh, we've absolutely committed to keeping a free tier to the service. We know that um, this, is a, this is a try before you buy service. You want to see it work. You, you want to feel the magic as right. uh, of, of getting these automated builds. And so um, we're, we're going to continue to have a free tier um, you know, once we start charging. We, we haven't announced exactly when, when that's going to start um, or, or what the pricing plan will be. Um, we, we do want feedback on that. There's right. a lively thread on the forum right now about uh, how much we should charge, and, and, and we're listening. Right. And do you need Unity Pro to be able to be a part of the service, or people can down Unity for free and use your service for free? So the beta is for uh, Unity Pro users right now. Right. Um, that, that was a great way for us to kind of focus the, the, the beta test. Um, and I don't think there's been a decision yet on, on which features will be for uh, just pro editor users or, or everyone who downloads the free version. Right. Yeah, it seems like a, I mean, a fantastic service, service and understanding how much data traffic and, and work is involved. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it seems, you know, A, kudos to Unity for uh, ensuring that there will always be a free tier, but it seems like quite an expensive uh, service just to give out there. Um, so uh, really respectful of you guys looking at trying to make a free um, tier for that. Um, otherwise, um, with with the service, where do you envision it ending up in, let's say, three years' time? Wow. Well, you know, I mean, so many things are possible, you know, as Unity expands into the services area. Like, um, I think maybe tighter editor integration is something that we all want. You know, right. we think people are, we know, one of the things we know about our customers is they're using Unity, right? So right. Um, there'll hopefully be a, a good, uh, you know, integration and, and um, communication between the editor and, and all the cloud services. Um, we definitely think that it makes a lot of sense for Unity Cloud Build to be as fluid and as seamless an extension of the editor as possible. Right. Um, obviously, the editor is you know hugely successful, and, and we want to uh, complement that as much as we can. But um, I mean, yeah, as, as there, there's, there's, it's a really exciting uh, area for all the reasons I said before. Like, if you give people, if you make it easier to finish a game, like. They, there's so many ways for people to make their game better if you help them save time, right? Right. It's unit testing, like you mentioned, or just uh, you know adding more content to their game. Now they can afford to do that because they don't have to burn so many hours like working on the logistics of testing their game. Um, yeah, and then of course, as uh, uh, we saw at Unite, you know, there's also every play, which is a whole cool way to share uh, user experiences. So maybe people have more time to to integrate that, and um, yeah, I mean. It's just it's really exciting to think about that right well that's that's fantastic one small technical question that i remembered is um 
is using Unity post-processors. Um, as long as I use a post-processor in um, kind of in my editor in my game and it works, um, does that mean that it'll work on the, the build server? I, I believe so. Um, I think the rule right now is that so long as you're exporting a new Xcode project in particular and not appending to an existing one, then it should work in Unity Cloud Build. Right. Um, there's probably some edge cases that, that don't work yet, and we're catching those as fast as we can. Um, but but usually it's the uh, the Xcode append process um, that, that we're trying to streamline and, frankly, work around. Well, excellent. Well, gents, thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, it, I mean, the service is fantastic, and, um, yeah, just... Kudos to you for get, for getting it up and running, and um, and thank you so much for your insight into this uh, amazing service. Thanks very much. Yeah, and, and thanks for your your kind words. That means a lot to us. We we uh we were in the position of a lot of the people who are using the service now, and and you know it makes us it's really satisfying for people to see people sign in and use it and be spared some of the. Uh, frustration and, and difficulty that we used to experience, you know, trying to manage all these builds and right. share stuff. So that makes us really happy. Excellent. Yeah, and, and definitely keep the feedback coming. We're, we're in beta. Feedback is what we're, uh, what we're living and dying by right now and, and finding out what, what users want and need this, this service to be. This is, this is a part of the community now, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing everyone's feedback. Excellent. And is there uh, any particular way that, um, like, does Unity Cloud Build have their own Twitter accounts or any of their own social media stuff where people can go and check this stuff out? The best way to find us is, is on the site, uh, build.cloud.unity3d.com. And uh, in that site, there's links to the form. There's links to our feedback form. Uh, yeah, lots of ways to find us. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Jens, and have a great day. All right. Thanks, Roger. Thanks, thanks very much. Us. Yeah, hey, sorry we got attacked by the swarm of birds at the end of the...